0: Hello. hello, hello, people. Hello,
1: hi, Welcome everyone. Welcome back. Hi, Cloda.
0: Welcome back to another episode. How are you getting on, Paul?
1: I'm good. I'm very good, Cloda. Welcome. Yeah. To the, good to be here. Good to be I, here. I, I always find these, these things, when you press record and it's like, okay, we're recording, I'm always like a little bit, oh, shit, what do I say? Like, Yay. how do I, when do I, like, how do you, should we have the, but it's okay just to kind of go straight into it. Yeah. So. Yeah. In how, case how... you
0: haven't realized we're still new at
1: this. <laughs> Very new. We're yeah. not that I don't think we'll ever change. It's just who we are. No, um, no. It's just it's still how awkward.
0: It it's just like we're we're talking to people, but we're actually talking to ourselves. It's a it's a weird concept for our brains, like well, it's yeah. a weird concept for my brain. Yeah, going, conversation
1: you know. with another person. <laughs> yeah.
0: I know I'm having a conversation with you, but we're including other random people that we think are going to be listening. <laughs>
1: I, I seen this meme today I was going to um Instagram and there was this like like Tibetan monk just standing on a mountain in th- this vastness in front of them and the thing was like me for three weeks after one night out on a Saturday so like you have this mad Saturday night out, and then you're just a recluse for the next like three or four weeks yeah yeah just it's just isolating pure recovery. Itself. Yeah, it really is. Just the social overload of us and your kind of yeah. yeah. Need to just isolate for three weeks.
0: Yeah, I I, I definitely go into a recovery period, even if it, just as a social event. Like I mm. I'm getting worse as I get older.
1: Yeah. How has your week been?
0: My week has been good. It has been it was just work this week. I was under the weather. I had a little bit of a dose. So I literally got up, got to work, went back to bed after I was finished work. So not a lot has happened with me. Uh, but I was good overall. I got what I needed oh, yeah. to get done. That's, so I That's not good for that. the
1: podcasts, Clodagh. I know. Like... It's
0: very dull. But people are going to have to realize this. I am a dull person.
1: I'm bringing a, a colonoscopy. You got to up your game.
0: Okay, tag, you're it. You're in. <laughs> Tell us all about that, and don't be too graphic, please. I'm sure people are going to—they could be eating
1: when they're listening. To me.
0: Uh, do I... we need to give a warning? Are we? Are we about
1: no. to? You see, this—you're shaming it. You're shaming no, the situation. No, 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 <laughs> Yes, you are, because it's a colonoscopy. I want—I want to talk about this because I want to debunk it. I want to like take the fear out of it, and I want Go to kind it. of like de-shame it. Like, what's that? The, anal retentiveness like yes. that. i think that comes to mind the opposite of, of that yes exactly anal receptiveness i <laughs> <laughs> could go on
0: so many levels
1: <laughs> so anyway i had the colonoscopy scheduled and yeah there's this thing as a solo person a single person you're kind of like Oh, who's gonna collect me from the hospital? And there's you're thinking oh, yeah. all that stuff, and God, yeah. I don't want to inconvenience anyone, and sure I don't mean that much to anyone, and all these insecurities play into it.
0: Oh That's just gosh. A big deal. Yeah.
1: So but if you could go for sedation, so if you get the sedation, then you have to have someone come to the hospital and pick you up. So you can't okay. leave. They won't let you leave. But if you don't have sedation, then you can just leave yourself. So of you, you have, have to, to be
0: awake first. Oh my yeah. God! Right. Now you're
1: you're still awake under sedation. You're just very chilled and you, you're doped up basically. So is that what you went for? No, let me tell the story. Sorry,
0: sorry, sorry. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> <gasps> uh, so I went to the hospital and I checked in and everything like that. And I was very, I was kind of cheerful, reading my book, very just happy with life. It happened very quickly. This is a public appointment, by the way, and it happened very quickly. It was a very streamlined process. It was very nice in the Matter Hospital in Dublin. But the nurse brought me in and she was like, oh, and you're going for sedation. And I was like, no, I was thinking of not actually. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, everyone usually gets sedation. And then I was kind of like, I don't have anyone to pick me up organized. And she was like, no, you need to organize someone to pick you up because you'll probably need sedation. And she's like, I'm going to put the, the thing of your arm. So you need a, an IV line in your arm. Cannular so you can thing, yeah. Can't, thank you, cannular. So I was like, okay. So I sat there for 15 minutes debating whether to do this. And she came back and she's like, are you, get, are you getting it? And I was like, no, I'll try without it. And then if I need it, just put it into me. And then she was like, okay. And then anyway, went in for the for the procedure. Very nice doctor, actually. His name was Alex. He was very nice. And this lovely nurse. And they were very, they were kind, very nice. And it was all very kind of normal, which is great. Then they were like, you're not going for sedation. I was like, no. And they're like, okay, let's explain this. I might be a little bit uncomfortable. And they were like, people can be very tense. And I was like, listen, I'm just going to be honest. I'm just going to put it out there. It's not the first time something's like, it's like... (laughs) it's kind of it's i've not my been first, here before yeah it's not my first time at this rodeo Oh, so i've been on this How horse did they take before it? <laughs> yeah they laughed and then i was kind of like and then i remember it went in and everything like that and it was doing its its thing a little bit uncomfortable but not overly so You can,
0: okay at, okay at, at points i would have at, dreaded that i would have been like knock me, me out like injected into my eyeballs
1: yeah, uh, at at points you can feel it kind of making turns and stuff. It's very kind of, but no, I it was it was a nice experience. I had my eyes closed initially, and then I just happened to open my eyes and there was this big screen in front of me, this TV Stop monitor I was showing it because the doctor was looking at us and I was like, Stop it, yeah, and I was like, can I look at this? And then they were like, of course you can. This is your this is your your, this is your body, this is your colon, and so I actually seen a journey through, and it was. Fascinating. It was a real outer body experience, even yeah. though it was your inner body. It was your outer yeah, body yeah, yeah. experience, and <laughs> so we're going. It was going through, and it was just great to see it and to say, oh "My God, that's." I t- you take it for granted. You take your body for granted, and here it is, yeah. and here's the workings of it, and everything looked good. They were very happy, and I was very happy, and they got to the certain point, and they were like. And the nurse actually pointed on my body where the camera was, and I was like, <gasps> "My God!" Wow! I was like, "I can't, yeah, I can't imagine." It's all the way up there. And anyway, I it was a really great experience. I had a call and ask me, and no it was a really way. great experience. I've <laughs>
0: never heard of somebody say that. Like that was a really great yeah. experience.
1: And then the doctor said at the end, he was like, uh, oh, you, like, no sedation, you're a trooper. That's so a big hilarious. shout out to everyone in the GI unit in the Manor Hospital. A really nice experience. They made it really comfortable for me. And you okay. can do it without sedation as long as you're anally receptive and not anally retentive. <laughs> Moral <Married laughs> of the story. Right? <laughs> yeah, Yeah. That's but, really
0: uh, interesting.
1: Yeah. And also everything was all good. Now, yeah. there is a downside to this. What is the downside of getting on an hospital? You have to do a cleanse for like 40 hours beforehand. Oh, the drink. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, And you have to be next to, you have to be close with access to a toilet. But I'll tell you what, I felt, and I actually did, I weighed myself. I was two kilos lighter and I felt two kilos lighter. (laughs) I felt like I was a cloud drifting to that hospital. I felt great. And then I use it as a platform now. I'm going to try healthy eating-ish now going forward. Right. So that was my week. I had a lovely cold what last a magical week day. for
0: you. Like it's just yeah. been like an awakening of all sorts of stuff, like getting to know your body and now using it as a platform <laughs> yes. for healthier. and
1: oh, it fantastic. was great. Yeah. And I, I don't know what it was about because being a gay man... I'm more aware of the anal region, I suppose, because it's involved yeah. with kind of gay sex. So I was like, it would be nice as well just to get a little kind of a professional up there to see that everything's okay. Just it was so it was kind of like a sexual health thing as well, as well okay. as a colon health thing. So you should have recorded
0: that colonoscopy and put that on any fans. I'm sure there's somebody out there that would have loved that.
1: That's true. That could be like a fetish thing, couldn't it? Yeah. Although I'm not up for doing a colonoscopy every week. No. No. Do no. Not not for me. Yeah, I wish I could have an OnlyFans. My God. Yeah. I'm paying the bills a bit more. I'm I'm envious of all these people that make a million dollars yeah. a month. I'm too lazy to have an OnlyFans.
0: Absolutely. I, think, I, I really am.
1: Like even maintaining the social media for this is and I don't like that attention, that focus. Mm-hmm. I can't. I hyper yeah. focus on one thing for a short amount of time, and that's what I do. That's yeah, yeah. You'd be able how to do it is. for a
0: week, and then, like, unless you made your million in that week, it's never going to happen.
1: It's like everything I do, everything fleeting. Yeah. I, I'll invest in it short term, now, <laughs> with, with the exception of a few things. So, there are times, you know, we are who we are, and sometimes we operate in a certain way, but then you do find things that really complement you and that you really fit in and kind of suit who you are and you can do them long term even though it goes against sometimes your But I think that's your... the
0: really interesting part because you play around in all these different things. You're you're as you say the hyper focus comes in and this it's just like you learn all you can in that. Mm. And it's really fun. Like for you it's really engaging, it's really fun. But you realise it's not the thing. Yeah. But most people stop after that. Whereas with hyperfocus, it comes again, it comes around. And the next minute you find out my hyperfocus is continuing me in this vein, in this theme. You know, for me, it would have been psychology as well. Mm -hmm. Different topics as well as there's continuing themes. So I'm like, okay, but I would not have got that had I not uh, had those different pieces where I'm like, okay, this week it's woodwork. I love woodwork, but it's not something I want to do for the rest of my life.
1: Are you using this as an example or do you actually like yeah, woodwork?
0: I love woodwork, but like I definitely don't. Like, I'd love to have a can shop you, just to do stuff like that.
1: Can you build me some garden stuff?
0: Uh, if you have a tool in the shed and all that sort of stuff, I'll come and do it there, yeah. You get, the, you get all the stuff and I'll do it.
1: That's like, how can you like woodwork but not have any woodwork tools?
0: Because I, I don't live anywhere. I live out of a suitcase. I keep travelling. It's not like i could, like having a suitcase going on Ryanair. Never mind that. Tool thing. That's fine. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you have a jigsaw in your hand baggage, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing
0: to see here, folks.
1: Yeah. It's all grand. Just my set of chisels.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I'm um, very on brand for the queer lesbian. Yeah.
1: Yeah breaking those stereotypes
0: stereotypes
1: <laughs> that was yeah sorry down another black hole there or yeah oh, oh, colon
0: you're really <laughs> on the puns today I to
1: stop yes but i just thought i'd put that out there in relation to that because it was a uh,
0: very interesting week compared to mine very yeah. life affirming it sounds like yeah he's exposing himself now that he yeah. doesn't want to do only fans because he's too lazy
1: <laughs> and i love the way I'm i'll take way into now my focus is as a psychotherapist so you yeah. <laughs> just talked about only fans and his colonoscopy
0: and people are gonna love it yeah <laughs> or you're just gonna get those clients whatever whatever that mix is i'm not sure i'm not sure what that says but you you'll soon find yeah. out and maybe you'll tell us one day
1: yeah. my people i'll find Your my people, people yeah by people. Okay. Listen, today we're yeah. talking
0: about nothing that we've talked about so far is indicating what we're talking about today.
1: <laughs> it's a surprise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what we are talking about today is queer history. I'm, so I'm really excited to about this. this. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about this because uh, we we both chosen a specific topic, and we haven't told each other what the topic is. So it's a random topic in queer history. That we've been like, okay, we're going to teach each other on it. Now, I went down an absolute random, ran, not random for me, but it goes on a tangent. It goes on a little bit of a, you're going to have to come on a bit of a tour with me. I don't do you know want, if I'm going to do it justice.
1: Do you want to give context or do you want to just go for it and see what happens?
0: So, do we want to give context? So, like, as why in, did you I just arrive start,
1: at this place? Why did you, why okay. did you choose what you chose? Or, yeah.
0: Okay, so I'll announce what I uh, what I've chosen. And it is You'll announce this. You know, yeah, an announcement <laughs> is amazing. And I don't even know how to announce it. I don't know what you'd name this. Okay. So again, apologies for the tangent. Go with me on this. So one of my one of my loves and joys is history, but also religious history. And mm. I was looking at obviously queer history and I kept going back to like where is the first is, where is the first written document of queer folk? And it goes back as far as Mesopotamia. It goes back to 2300 BCE, before the common era, before Christ, you know, that sort of thing. So it's like, it's been there for feck ever. Like we all know it's always been there. We'd like to say it wasn't in certain circles. And that's what led me to. So it's been there in history. It's documented in history that lesbians, gay, transgender, bi, all sorts of whatever we have today has always existed. There's been no way it hasn't because they've actually created laws to say it was illegal. So, how did they come about? So, do you remember I said to you about Augustus, the emperor, who introduced marriage as a really formal and important thing?
1: I remember this from, yes, I remember when we discussed marriage as an institution.
0: Yeah. So, um, when the Roman Empire became an empire, it wasn't formally a republic, and then it became an empire. They were really on the road to like just taking over everything they possibly could. And they needed armies. They needed strong armies. And so they needed people to procreate. And they needed people to populate these towns and cities. So they like would, okay, we've just taken over Spain. We need you to go and live in Spain now. But we needed people. We needed families. We needed families to have loads of kids that would have men to go into our armies. So that's how... Uh, marriage became so important at that time. Okay, mm-hmm. so keep going with me. And I'm then I was you. like, it, in how did how did it change from it being happening around the world? It was common that uh, queer folk existed and lived their lives. It wasn't uh, illegal or thought of against until marriage became important, and then it coupled with Christianity. And my beef is, so Christ never spoke in his ministries. There's no words in the Gospels of Mark, Luke, John, or whatever the the Gospels that say the words he spoke. He never speaks directly to uh, or against, should I say, queer folk. He was all about love, compassion, acceptance. The Gospels weren't written until 30 years after Christ died. They were written by men. Who had an agenda who thought this is how the world should be. So they took what well, their interpretation, even though he never talked about it and continued on, and Christianity developed with Paul the first apostle. Okay, he wrote the first gospel, apparently. So now Christianity is now taken into the Roman Emperor, it's became it became their religious, it was it was their main religion. So now they're outlawing it. They're saying that homosexuality, uh, specifically they're talking about that, was an abomination. Everything you've heard, that's where it started. And it soon became, over the thousands of years, hundreds of years, that uh, it came into law. And it became doctrine then, that these views on same-sex relationships influenced Roman laws and culture. So we had the influence of the Roman emperors who needed... Bodies who needed people who needed men to fight their wars, and then previous to the Christianity, this wasn't overly like it wasn't against the law, it only became against the law when Rome and uh, Christianity kind of really joined up. That it really started to play a role in it before this. It existed, people just got on with their lives, and when it was inconvenient to an empire, when men Interpreted Christ's work, despite him never saying anything afterwards. Writing books twenty or thirty years. The first book was twenty or thirty years after it, and then Christianity coming in and compiling all of these gospels. And to make another point, there are gospels that weren't included in the the testament, the New Testament or the Old Testament. Should I say no? The New Testament. Should I say, and that specifically like include and welcome. Homosexuality, queer people, and they cherry picked what was allowed, what wasn't. But it's based on men's view of the world. It's a very paternalistic view that has now been handed down and incorporated into world history. So, this is where this tide started to turn. Uh, So, queer history is there for everybody to see. And because of Rome, because of Christianity, it really changed the concept of how we view queer people it's quite a quite an intense change in the world and the consequences of that has the ramifications of that is still here today still here today in Ireland still spread across the world so yeah hopefully this makes sense and um, but what did you think of that
1: sparked something for me actually i think i've figured it all out i think i've figured the root of all our queer problems and it. it started 30 days. What did you say? The Gospels weren't written until 30, 30 years, 30 years, sorry, 30 years, 30, days, 30 years after the death of this man, Christ. I think I figured out what happened. So basically, one, there was 12 of the apostles, right? Yeah. So I'd say two of them just had a lover's tiff. One of them took a hissy fit or was like discreet and all like under the radar and basically someone got their heart broken and then yeah. just took it internalized out by, it internalized it wrote it all down it became doctrine and that i i think that's how it all started listen yeah. i think one or more maybe it was a big polyamorous thing going on christ, <laughs> christ and his 12 apostles
0: we're gonna, we're be polyamory exactly there.
1: Um, yeah. yeah and someone got their heart broken someone wasn't getting enough attention in that relationship history became twisted and history became twisted and they wrote all that hate down and internalized homophobia and now we have what we have yeah i think i've just figured it out
0: yeah i'm delighted i'm i'm glad i could help you figure that out and did you know that christ's ministry only lasted three years it wasn't as if he had a lifetime of work and people were saying, oh, but he did speak or he did. I can I can tell by the way he lived his life or anything like that. Our recorded history was like those three years of his ministry. And he never spoke about or against homosexuality or queerness in any way. It was all about love, acceptance and compassion and people interpreting the works of those gospels. Men, again, men, then said because he didn't talk about it, it was a case that they... Uh, is because he didn't agree with it at all and that's how Mm. anti-sodomy laws and all that sort of stuff came into roman and christianity doctrine
1: so i have another follow-up question obviously i would not be a religious person you are very you sound very passionate about this you're really into the religious history and how it all started Mm. okay i get from what you're saying that you believed that you believe there was a christ I suppose I'm just wondering from my and I don't want to be disrespectful at all to anyone's beliefs or I don't want to put them down but I just more want to I suppose understand it and if you feel comfortable doing it yeah in relation to Christ and I yes. I believe that a person called Christ, like Jesus Christ existed they yeah. were very influential they were like Instagram 10 million followers at the time <laughs> they were Jesus Christ was Kim Kardashian back of yeah. the day i don't believe all the kind of mystical side of it i don't believe yeah. about all the kind of stories that elevated him above the normal human being as it made him not human yeah. so uh, i suppose what would your contact what would your take on that be what i'm trying to say
0: i would be very similar to you and 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 i'm very conscious as well i'm very respectful of other people's views on this because i i come down on i kind of the way i think about it is yes i think Jesus Christ existed. I think he was here on earth, and I did have a, he had strong views on things, and it was quite, uh, quite strong in, in, in his views. However, if you look at history, he wasn't a Kardashian, as in a standout rocker, holy, we've never heard this before. He was one of many, but he got the largest following in the end after his death. He became a cult figure after his death. Mm. Uh, but there was plenty others who had if you want to call it the ministries of that time who went around preaching who had their own little followings and it was only after that uh, it was uh, brought into the the gospels were written about it it was written down and then shared and then they started making churches out of it but my point about that is he never said he was the divine he never said the Trinity. He never said the Holy Ghost. He never said any of that. That didn't exist in his time. He There's no mention of it when he's talking about it. Men, again, wrote that history, interpreted that, interpreted his words, and made this mythology out of it. I will say, if you have faith, I am jealous of you. If you have you're going through something in your life, and it's really testing it's a really hard time, and you can turn around and say, "God, help me here, pray to them, have a relationship, have that connection because you believe that and and that is your faith. I am jealous of you, but I can't mm. i i my brain goes to well, what are the facts, what are the history and Jesus was not." an absolute outlier that he spoke absolute truth that was never heard before. There are many people that existed at that time. There was many sects that existed at that time that were doing sort of similar things to what he was doing. But because Paul started writing the gospel and then people started writing a gospel based on what Paul said and it was interpreted Half of, I think, Paul is the closest in, in the first gospel that was written in time to Jesus' life. But everybody after that, the other uh, apostles, I think the history of it, they now I'll have to double check this, but half of them never met him. Oh. They heard about him. Some of the books are written up to 150 years after Christ. So do you see what I'm saying here? It was created mm-hmm. around a mythology of him, and then the, the Roman emperor needed the Roman Empire needed something to solidify control over people. And what has Christianity done but put the fear of God and shame into people, going, "If you don't do this, you will die. A, you will die in a fiery hell pit of." And by God, if you're queer, you're even worse terrifying people. And if you pay these Jews, if you are a good Christian soldier, and they're in with the empire, they're in with the people who are conquering and colonizing and enslaving people.
1: Listen, it's control. That is
0: not Christian.
1: It's all control. Everything's to control everything. Everything's to kind of like, as you say, it was all to fuel the agenda of we need yeah. more people in our armies kind of thing. And we need people to kind of do that and procreate, not be distracted by their own desires or sexuality yeah. or individuality. It's like, we need a collective.
0: Yeah. Mm. And then queer people were thrown uh, were sacrificed on the altar of it.
1: Matt, when does a cult become a religion? Mm. This is a general. And it's organized. Practice. Oh, is that maybe what it is? And
0: state-sanctioned.
1: Yeah, that's true, actually. Because yeah. I always, like, yeah, it's it was basically a, a cult. It would be defined as, like, and what I say now, right, if someone was to come, like, and stand up in the centre of, say, yeah. town and say, I'm Jesus Christ, I'm here, it's the third coming, Is it the fourth, second coming, I don't know, how many times has he came? Yeah. But if <laughs> someone was to do that, they'd be locked up. I, I, they'd go in for a psycho a psychological evaluation and that's what I find hard to believe it's like yeah that's where I struggle with it that and again faith an amazing thing to have it's great to, it's Isn't a great it? comfort it's a great kind yeah. of because life can be what's the point of life if if there's nothing afterwards because life can be so difficult so I think mm-hmm. it's it, people need something to kind of to live for after life, because life is so difficult. That's the only way to get through life is to think that is yeah. to believe or have faith that there's more to it, that there's more. We didn't yeah. know a
0: lot. We didn't understand mm. why there was thunder. We didn't understand. We needed stories to help us. Going when when somebody dies, what happens? Now Christianity did not make up the afterlife. The afterlife existed, like in Egyptian times, in Mesopotamian times, in Mesopotamian times this isn't this wasn't new that they created this or anything like that of course it was used and brought into their own mythology of this is what happens they created their own narrative around it however i do like you talk about belief you talk about faith my faith is in people and i think it's on is it far away from the i feel years ago so i would have read the bible And the reason why I would have read the Bible is because I was constantly taking the piss out of the church. I was so annoyed at them. I was so, they were very, you do not practice what you preach. You are, I was just angry at the church and still am. I have no time for them. However, I used to take the piss out of them the whole time. And I was like, well, what am I taking the piss out of? And Mm. so I ended up reading the Bible to figure out, I, I keep, talking about this thing but i actually don't know what i'm talking about i yes i went to school on it, but it was that force-fed here you go swallow it whole don't think about it and if you did you were put outside of class the amount of times my religious teacher would have said to me total would you just take it at face value stop questioning it <laughs> like they hated me
1: i was always asking back actually in class it was like always yeah. up in my parent teacher meetings paul just won't like he always questions everything like yeah why not like why how could you take something and not question it like yeah. I, is that not is that not just common sense like is that not just practical questioning yeah. before i'm going to assimilate it or process it or make it part of who even i am
0: that in itself your your education on religion is like we want you to educate you so you can A, do an exam if you're going to do an exam at the end of the year on this. But otherwise, if you're going to do your communion or you're going to do your confirmation, there's a set principle of what you need to know to get that done. So it's it's in service of something. It's not in service of you and your development of a relationship with God. Mm. It's in service of continuing the process of we need more people in the church. Continue the process. I think it's wonderful that you questioned it. and I think it's it's great that kids uh, question these things.
1: Oh disrupt we were awful disruptors. You sound like you are as well. The I that word has come up recently in the last few years individuals who are disruptors who yeah. and I embrace it. Yeah. Disrupt I was a disruptor in school. Rightly yeah. so. And yeah, I, I
0: my My to get back to my point about faith and my faith being in people. If you read the the Bible. It's actually quite a great book. It's actually really good and interesting read. It's far from what the church is.
1: Is there like a movie far I can watch it. or something? Or...
0: <laughs> Charlton Heston, I'm sure, is one of the. Oh no, no, no,
1: no, no! <laughs> but remember... that's what I
0: found is like my faith in people. My faith in with with in Jesus time what he did preach about was that love your neighbour. Be kind, be compassionate. Always turn the other cheek. Don't don't fight fire with fire or else everybody will go blind. What's that thing? If you an eye for an eye and everybody will go blind.
1: Oh sorry, I'm just but remembering his... that. Yeah, sorry. If I masturbate too much I'll go blind. Sorry, Gwen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. More shame.
1: Yeah. But
0: essentially what he was saying is everybody has good in them. And that's what I believe. And I, that's what I have faith in. So, when the world's going to hell in the handbask at the moment, and it's really hard, especially for queer people, I go, but look for the helpers, look for the good, look for the ones who are going in and going, absolutely no, I love you 100% just as you are. And that is hugely what I rely back on. And that gives me what faith I think in, in a God
1: would give me. Okay. So, the topic was queer history. Yeah. And. I, How your
0: history didn't get started. I,
1: I, I kind of you have me in shock here. Not in shock, but I'm kind of like one of those things I don't like talking about is religion because right. I always, I always piss people off. Oh, I'm gonna piss somebody off. On on religion, this. yeah. And I know that's the one thing they say never to talk about, isn't it? Isn't it politics, hmm. religion, politics,
0: religion, and what's the third thing? Isn't there something
1: else you should never talk about. Yeah, politics, religion, religion, and, and... oh. Politics, religion. We we'll Google Google this. Yes, politics, religion, and something else that you're never supposed to talk about at a party or in a social occasion or anything like that because it's so divisive. Finance, maybe that's it. Yeah. Politics, finance and religion. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. Politics, religion and money.
1: Don't yeah, talk three about things should never talk about. Yeah, uh, but anyway, fair play for bringing up religion. It was really it was it is interesting to know it's where how it came
0: the from. queer history got distorted. That's where I was like, it, it has been there, we know it's been there. It's in the history books. Even the the fact that they had to write laws in the Roman times, they wrote, wrote anti sodomy laws in doctrine in Christianity. They had to write it, so that means it existed. And that was like, okay, but where did it exist before that? And go yeah. back and go back and go back and, go back. and Nearly 3,000 years before Christianity or the Roman Empire ever existed, there are documented evidence uh, that shows queer people existed.
1: This segues kind of into a little bit into my, into my queer history thing.
0: Okay, go for and,
1: it. Uh, no, but well, I think it seg- segues in because religion features in it as well. But. Okay. Sorry, no, finish off yours first, but it does kind of That's segue in.
0: Like that's basically it. My my thing was like how did we go so wrong as a society, as a culture, as a world, as a when it was there?
1: So it when was, it's
0: always been there.
1: It all started with Jesus and his twelve husbands.
0: That was one of the the biggest contributing factors. I'm sure there is that internalized I'm sure internalized homophobia existed long before, I don't know why, but Sparta, even Sparta men being men, and these really rough and absolute pinnacles of what it means to be an army they're even said to have homosexual relationships so like even in the the representation of what it is it was there and then how did that get lost
1: jesus and his 12 husbands that's not <laughs> that's that's not where this all started because as you say it goes back further and i suppose i'll segue into mine now because it is and i i, I Which religion is older, Christianity or Islam? Because Islam would be very, very strict, even more kind of oppressive against the queer community throughout history than Christianity.
0: So Christianity developed in the second temple of Judaism in the first century CE and Islam developed in seventh century CE. So it's after Christianity developed first.
1: So Christianity was first, okay, and then Islam came. Okay, Mm. that's interesting. No, I suppose something, when I was looking this up, I was like, queer history, what do you want to look at? And Mm -hmm. I suppose things that have happened in recent times that have really affected me as a queer person, because I don't want to look at the positive things. Because no, the positive things are important to recognize. (laughs) They really are. But I think we do need to like also recognize the the negatives as in, in ways that have we've been persecuted and how we've built up our re- resilience and why we're so vocal and why we ask for what we ask for, which is just what everyone else has, just the right to exist. But why yeah. we're so vocal about it, why we're so loud about it, why people are like, why can't you just be happy with what you have? Because queer why people to be
0: in the shadows.
1: Exactly. And I suppose for me, the most one in recent time was the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando. So I don't Mm. know if you remember that. It was kind of like um, June 2016. And it was a nightclub in Orlando, in Florida, in the United States. And I think it was like 2 a.m. in the morning. Things were winding down. There was a drag show going on. It was a Latin music night. So there would have been a lot of kind of queer Latin individuals there that night. But forty nine people were shot dead by that gunman that night. Forty nine people. And it went on for I think three hours and horrendous I like reading about it, watching the cell phone footage, the mobile phone footage and like people trapped in toilets and then the shooter took hostages and just awful, awful stories. Like could you imagine being at a nightclub? enjoying your night out you know you're having seen a drag show and thinking it's this really safe space for you to be because the world is such
0: living your best life yeah
1: living your best life and then this person comes in and just opens fire randomly and just starts shooting people and i i just really struggle to understand that sometimes but that's what's stuck in my head that like the world is such a dangerous place for queer individuals and yeah so that was That was where I started with my queer Mm -hmm. history. And out of that, of course, the shooters, and I'm not going to name the shooter because I Mm. loved recently how the New Zealand Prime Minister, what's her name? Ahern something. Thank you. When they had their really bad shooting in the mosques a couple of years ago, she refused to name the shooter. She was like, he will never be named. He will never be put into public because he's not getting notoriety for it. And I loved that. And it should be the same. They should not be glorified, and it's they should standard, not be put yeah. out there. Exactly. But basically, this person said that they were doing it for ISIS, Islamic State, and that they wanted the fighting in Syria and Iraq to stop and the persecution. And anyway, this is their way of making that point: to go into this nightclub and just randomly kill 49 people, 49 innocent people. So yeah, yeah that's where I started, and then. ISIS came into it. And again, we're at religion. And that's why I was saying kind of ISIS is it's even scarier than Christianity. Christianity's scary, but they don't go around murdering people or exactly. Oh, they them. did. They Yeah, but let me get let me get yeah. to the point. And this is where I'm going. i have done a little bit of research as well into ISIS and I remember around the time of the Orlando shooting, and I remember seeing these videos as well, and they were awful, distressing. But ISIS in Syria and Iraq early kind of 2010 to 2015 there was kind of that period where they were executing gay men in Syria and Iraq and mm-hmm. how they were executing them was they were throwing them off buildings so oh, they were and i i seen a few videos and they were awful awful distressing things but crowds of men would have gathered and they would take these gay men who were accused of being gay with no evidence it was all hearsay it was all they were witch hunts, basically yeah Uh, now i know you've said yes christianity has executed people in the past but this is modern day this is 2016 Mm. and two men who were found to be in having homosexual sex with each other were put in front of a judge at the bottom, like, not even in a court, just, like, randomly mm-hmm. surrounded by militia and machine a kangaroo
0: gun. court. Of, yeah. yeah.
1: And you like, sentenced you to death and then taken up the top of the tallest building in the city and the two of them just thrown off the building. And mm. just awful, awful stuff. I remember I was reading an article. I'll go to the article that uh, I have. There was, there, was, there was a few of them, but I suppose I got them from the Advocate and also CBS. But uh, the two men... And I have their names, but i want to I want to try and pronounce them properly. There was thirty two year old Hawas uh, Malawa, and he requested to be shot in the head rather than thrown off the building. He didn't want to be mm-hmm. thrown off the building. obviously, what a horrendous death. yeah, and that plea was ignored. He was the first man he was thirty two years old. The second man was a twenty one year old Mohammed Salam, and he pleaded and pleaded to just to that he had repented he'd never have gay sex again and just to please be able to live and they ignored him and threw him off the building Uh, Mm and the worst thing about all this is that if they survive being thrown off these buildings they were then stoned or shot in the head by the crowd that were there at the bottom and this crowd i've seen kind of pictures and stuff like that young men the children male children and adults and just 2016, like yeah. 2016. It's, um, still it's, it's still
0: happening. It's in, still happening in Afghanistan as well, yeah.
1: Just awful, awful stuff. And the United Nations kind of, I remember back in 2016, they reported that at least 30 people were killed that way in Syria mm. and Iraq, thrown off buildings, at least that they know of. And I actually, when I was doing, like, looking up the articles and stuff like that and reading the names and reading the stories, it's just, like, bursting into tears. You just Mm. kind of, there's so much, so much hate in the world still for queer people. It's such a dangerous place. The world is still a dangerous place for the queer community. That's why, yeah. So that was where my queer history started. But I went deeper still. Okay. Okay. Do you want to give a moment? I don't want to be. These things happen. Don't want to be too
0: flippant. Of yeah, it's a flip, real serious.
1: It this punched me in the stomach. I, it, every yeah. time, every time I read it, and every time I go back to it, because I think it was now, it's it was eight years ago, nine years ago. So mm. it has gone a bit into the past, but it is now queer history. This is our queer yeah. history. you know, every day it's happening. To...
0: Yeah, but it really speaks to we only spoke recently about in in a, in an episode about queer joy and, mm. and there was a bit of a struggle in that episode of going, What is queer joy? and, and trying to find it and you know, and um, and the importance of it. And and one of the reasons why I probably went back as far as I did going, What what changed? This this was always here, this was always it always existed. There was no, it's not a it's not something that just magically appeared overnight. It's just a human it's just so human and mm. uh, that queer people exist it's just it's just the same the same way as as night and day happen queer people exist yeah. and for me it's like i can't understand hate i really can't and there's so much good in the world how is it not outweighed it? what has allowed it perpetuate to the point of to change it in such a way that laws were made to outlaw it at such an early stage
1: can I just highlight, though, the one yeah. theme of all this fear, this persecution, this oppression in both mm. our queer histories is religion. Yeah. That is what is the oppressive force. Like, that is what's motivating these disgusting human beings to actually... What is it? The interpretation of it. Pleading for his life and just yeah. throw him off a building. How I mean, do you not look. find
0: God in that? How do you not find the forgiveness, the compassion the I don't I don't they don't deserve as in they shouldn't need to be forgiven. But like if you are following the righteous path, God is love. in in any religion that you go to. That's the most fundamental part of this. You know, I'm it all, is so yeah. far removed no. once. And I, I keep I, I know I keep saying men and women are a, a part of this as well. Um, and all, all shapes and sizes of people exist in this and it's proximity to power it's proximity to that power that causes fear that people enact these things out on other people and it's interesting when you were saying you were looking at the Pulse nightclub videos and uh, you were looking at you were reading the articles and, and, and really deep diving into that I've stopped doing that for years now mm. and the reason why and 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 I think it, it's really encapsulated in something I heard recently uh, on a course that I was doing. Is that in in Northern Ireland uh, the um, ambulance force, the ambulance uh, people that go out to car wrecks, that go out to stabbings, that go out to really hard situations, and they have to look right into the humanity of the the people on their worst day and anyway this this call out what they do afterwards was the debrief you now if they know it's a bad call people get in touch with whoever has gone out to a call and how was that how are you doing and one person turned around and said uh, they felt so guilty they felt so ashamed and they were like uh, I didn't look so they rocked up to this car crash and and there was multiple car crashes so there was multiple ambulances at the scene and they weren't really needed So they chose not to look. They said, I don't I've I've seen so much already. I've seen so much destruction, pain, hurt, and it was a bad crash. And I chose not to look, and I felt so ashamed, I felt so guilty because my colleagues went in there. And the person was talking about sometimes you need not to look. You need to turn to what was good. Your colleagues were already in there helping, and that's okay. You not looking is is minding yourself in such a kind compassionate way
1: i'm going to i'm just going to come in and counter that with like i don't agree fully with the context of that because i think it's a different Mm -hmm. situation it's not that's something that has happened that those people have no control over they know they're powerless in that situation so they they choose not to look for someone That's in Western, a queer individual that's uh, living in Western society has privilege, has like freedoms, like you know, has all that. For them to not choose to look at all this awful stuff that's happening to the queer community, say in Syria or Iraq, that's different because
0: yeah, I hear where you're going,
1: and we you have the power to be, you have the power to make a change or to be vocal, like you have you have the power you have you should be angry is what i'm saying you, you yeah know, like, i should and I'll be angry. clarify that i like yeah. even as i talk about this and i have these names in front of me and i'm all these men that were executed yeah. all these young men some as young as like 15 i'm kind of like fuck religion fuck yeah. all the bad it's done in the world
0: absolutely and I, i'll clarify what i meant by that is that people in the queer community are when when i was looking back on like even in, in irish history even in, in recent history everything that's come in the pride movement everything that's come out of gains, has been so hard fought for hmm. has been out of tragedy that massive changes have happened and the queer community are so tired right now they are so under attack and I suppose to clarify what I meant there is if anybody is you're getting it every day on Twitter. You're getting it every day on Instagram. People saying I've just been kicked out or a trans person has been attacked or the media are writing all of these stories that are just attacking the queer community. They're exhausted. They're under attack. They need recovery. So it's OK if you're there not to look for a while. When you are more, like, I I feel there are things, I don't ignore it, but I don't look at videos that people are actively being shot or actively being killed in that graphic sense. We should never be exposed to that in any uh, humanity. I know it's happened. I know it exists. I will not turn the cheek and go, I am not looking at that. I'm not dealing with that. I'm not, I will use my voice on that. But anybody in the queer community that is struggling right now and is being bombarded with these images, with these messages, and they're exhausted, please take a break. Mm. Don't look.
1: What you're speaking to there really kind of brings up for me what we discussed about kind of in relation when we we're talking about queer mental health and the cycle of oppression. And mm. part of that cycle of oppression is that you get to a point where you fought so much and you're kind of trying so hard like that you get fatigued fatigue yeah. is the final part of that cycle where you just kind of continue because you get so tired mentally to mm. continue fighting to continue being resilient it's like yes and you get fatigued so i totally know i totally kind of relate through that yeah. what you're talking to there and that's that's so true it's like yeah but yeah and i suppose it's the, a hard I suppose, history i suppose what's important to recognize here what's happening in the space between yourself and myself is i'm angry and impassioned mm-hmm. and the anarchist in me has flared up and you've touched into the fact that i prefer not to look at that because it's fatiguing and so i i've done so I use hard. my voice yeah
0: Yeah, I think it's important to, I I do want to use my voice, I do use my voice, but the other day, the shooting in the US, the shopping mall, Mm. um, and Twitter is an absolute dumpster fire at the moment, because I was just scrolling along, not really, just randomly doom scrolling, and the next minute, this video came up, and I saw the video of where those people were shot and killed. Like, this is... I, I think one of the previous texts was like Dolly Parton is at it again, giving away free boxes, and she's a legend. And the next minute I saw people being killed. That is not normal.
1: It's not. That is
0: not okay that's that we're society. exposed to that. We're being
1: desensitized. Yeah. It's actually now, being desensitized. Am I furious by horror. that?
0: Yeah, the desensitization. That's what I really want to mind people. Mm. Uh, there is so many good there is so many people out there fighting there is so many people out there looking to have change to make it better it's okay to look at them as well and to not always look at the worst case scenario now I suppose one of the the themes of what we've just talked about today is that I hope I have impressed upon people is that This was something that was so wrong in our history. It got so turned around because of political and religious ideology. It was wrong. Queer people were never wrong, but it suited a narrative for an empire and a religion to grow. That they were so uh, narrow in their focus of this is how you have to live a life. This is the only way you can live a life. If you don't live this life, you are going to burn in hell for all of eternity. That's what went wrong. The people in Iraq and Afghanistan, the people who did that in 2016, they are wrong. There is no doubt in my mind that they are wrong. But if we continue to look at the the bad, look at the really, if we're desensitized because we're looking at those videos all the time, we won't know the other exists. We won't know it's wrong. We know it's wrong because we're absolutely furious, but we'll be so fatigued at going, oh, here it goes again.
1: It's so fatiguing because we're powerless. I yes. I want to help those people. I probably looked at it at the time and wanted that not to happen. But we're powerless in what we can do to, to help people. There's only so much yeah. you can do. And maybe getting angry is enough and maybe kind of just highlighting it today is enough highlighting these issues i i had you look at the helpers though yeah this wasn't even what i i I, want you to go (laughs) on
0: to that i want you to go on to that but i really just my last point on that is when i look for the helpers i see what they're doing i see the good that they're doing so in in making our voices heard and hopefully people knowing that you can as two therapists here in seeing private clients you are welcome in our door we will not shun you. We will not shame you. We will not. You can bring whatever you need to bring in. And it's, it doesn't have to do with your sexuality. It's not even relevant to us. It's part of you. And we will accordingly talk about it in whatever way you want to talk about it. But that is part of how I know I can help is by speaking and saying, this is not right. This is not okay. But I, if I look too much at what the perpetrators are doing, I feel helpless. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to stop their hatred. But I do know good. I do know compassion. I do know love. I do know how to accept somebody just as they are.
1: Is this a plug for your business? (laughs) No, I think it's a plug for humanity.
0: There's so much good out there. There really is so much good out there. Don't forget to look.
1: I love that. A plug for humanity that's yeah that's hitting the nail on the head with it (laughs) Uh, because listen it's complicated it's it brings up so much even in discussing this today it's brought up so much and that's our queer history it brings up so much it's sad it's difficult Yeah, it's joyous it's resilient it's strength it's something to be proud of Queer history is something to be proud of. There are aspects of it that, yes, are fatiguing, are awful. Yeah. And I just feel religion and in some other aspects, politics have just totally Mm -hmm. been oppressive forces against the queer community throughout history.
0: And despite it, we persist. Exactly. And yet we persist and gloriously, queerly, fabulously keep doing it.
1: Keep doing it. I have, I don't think, well, maybe I shouldn't tell my other story.
0: Go for it and listen. If it's good, we'll keep it. If it's not, we'll cut it
1: out. <laughs> well, it's just because I kept going down the, the path and I kind of, I was looking into the, the the execution, like, so the persecution and execution of queer individuals throughout history. So I was looking, like, I couldn't find any information on Irish ones in Ireland and the closest I could go was the UK. And I was looking at people that had been executed in the UK over the years for sodomy or homosexuality. All men, of course. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I, I came across something called the Remarkable Trials. Have you ever heard of the Remarkable Trials? No. What yes. are they? Okay, so I'm taking this from a blog post, the University of Nottingham, by a man called Harry Cox. And so basically, I I, found it, I don't know, the story was just really fascinating. It just really kind of resonated with me. Now, it happened 225 years ago, okay? In a little a right. bit of
0: history. Come on, lay it on me. Yeah.
1: So it was the 13th of September in 1806, okay? 1806. It was in Warrington, which is now called Lancashire in the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So three men, Samuel Stockton, John Powell, and Joseph Holland were all hanged. From the scaffolding outside Lancaster Castle. So they were part of a group of 27 men aged between 17 and 84 and they were all from in around the Warrington, Manchester and Liverpool area and they had all been arrested. There was like a mass kind of crackdown and arresting of these men for sodomy and other homosexual offences. So two weeks after the execution of those three men there was two more men that were executed. They were Thomas Ricks and 69-year-old Isaac Hitchin. Now, Isaac Hitchin, he kept what was called or what was known as the infamous house. And Mm -hmm. uh, this is in Cheshire. This is where the men would meet regularly. So every okay, mon- so it's like
0: a little speakeasy, private little, yeah, little meeting place little for them.
1: Meeting place, a safe space, maybe, is what it was. Yeah. So Monday evenings and Friday evenings, these meetings would take place, and yeah, so the 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 group of men contained like men from different classes. Like so, there was mm. artisans, waiters, publicans, like local landowners. So all different people. And then there was like one gentleman as well then named as Joseph Holland. And he was a pawnbroker. And he was said to be Mm -hmm. worth like £40,000, which is like...
0: So there was no class system within it, really?
1: Yes. There was just all these humans came together from the different classes. And Yeah. yeah. So, of course, at the time, the layperson and the media, the printed press at the time, newspapers kind of found it difficult to frame this. Uh, how mm-hmm. do you how do you put this to the public? How do we kind of these trials are happening, but how do you put it palatable. to the public? Yes. How do we make it palatable? So like they likened them to the Freemasons. So they were kind of like saying these men mm. were meeting every Monday. Secret different. society. Exactly. Secret society like the Freemasons, but they were nothing like them. They were kind of obviously meeting because they yeah. were gay men. So having a fabulous time now. Eh? Having hopefully a fabulous time so five men in total were executed and they were hanged for what happened the rest were all investigated and kind of shamed and but eventually all the charges against the other men were dropped and um, mm-hmm. there was a lot of media stuff with it I loved the language that was used that was taken from the trial transcripts so oh, wow. um, there was just a couple of things so I want to kind of rix one of the Thomas Ricks, one of the men who was executed. Uh, He was initiated into this world uh, Mm in the 1780s by friends of his in Manchester, right? They used to loiter in the exchange in Manchester City Centre, where they would meet, how he put it, this description of people. Uh, Far from being seen as a separate world or subculture, these encounters were the casual consequence of masculine social life. And Rick's recalled that he had been making water on the way home from the pub when a friend who then came up to him and took hold of his yard. Upon they had. This is u- amazing. I know. Upon they had used friction with each other till nature spent. Nature spent. <laughs> I just. I read it. I was like. It's oh, poetry. It's poetry. It's queer poetry. And yeah. yeah. So before the trials, Ricks had tried to save himself from the gallows by giving the two investigating magistrates a full confession and a detailed account of the goings on at the house in Cheshire. Ricks also testified that sodomy was widespread and considered normal in Warrington, Manchester and Liverpool, describing casual encounters in the streets. However, the magist- yeah. magistrates were having none of it. And they did lead him on and say, oh, yes, we'll give you a pardon. Give us all the information. And then they reneged on it and they they pulled out of it. And they, of course, unfortunately, hung hung the poor man along with the other four. But um, there was one of the men actually, Hitchin, one of the older gentlemen, he refused to give any information, stood his ground, refused to cooperate. He was also uh, hanged as well. Yeah, I just found it was, they tried to make it a bigger thing as well. The two judges because this is a traveling high court that went around and it was sitting in Lancaster. But the two judges try to investigate further, try to like expose the network because obviously there's a lot of influential people that would go to these houses, go to this house and be involved because obviously queer people are quite... There's
0: political clout there if you're kind of like I want to come up in the world I'll catch such and such and i look great.
1: Yeah, but like queer people are quite successful and they're quite resilient so they do like everywhere? So these two magistrates were on the witch hunt and they did execute these five uh, men and they had arrested the 27 other men. But the Home Office stepped in and the Home Office were like, no, you have to stop now. Let's, let's, yeah. let's go back to the it's way it gone was. too far. Where, yeah, it was all, it was nice when they were just meeting in their house every Monday or Friday and there wasn't an issue, they weren't hurting anyone, just let it be. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. you're making it an issue, yeah.
1: Yeah, so 1806, I just really, just, I, I love that language, that poetry. Making water, Going for a piss, came up <laughs> to him and took hold of his yard, did a hand job, and then used friction with each other till nature spent just orgasm. What did destroy. you say there? In
0: eighteen oh
1: six. Eighteen oh six.
0: In eighteen sixty one, the offences against the person act came into force, criminalising homosexual acts between men in Ireland. So I wonder, was that like a catalyst? In, oh. in after the UK, the UK sneezes and we catch cold.
1: Yeah, probably an influence there. But yeah, they're remarkable yeah. trials. I came across them. I just thought that was a, a really interesting story and it just shows how queer life was happening even 225 years ago.
0: Yeah. Oh, we were there. You can't get rid of us yeah. and you won't be able to. Yeah. Yeah. So there I'm... you go. That It's kind of like, a, I like a mean... You, like we did we, we mentioned it in on, on terms of it is a sad history in a lot of ways but it shows such survival such resilience as you said I hate that word actually sometimes I hate that freaking word I hate that people have to be resilient mm. but uh, there is no stamping it out there is no getting rid of it because it's just human
1: I seen something today and it was like don't commend me on being fucking resilient just change the fucking oppressive systems that I yeah. call have to be resilient yes
0: there we go now we have it uh,
1: so that is it i i suppose to debrief from all this um mm-hmm. i really enjoy that it was a really impassioned journey it really invoked a lot within me anger that anarchist mm. that i touched on before but also just i'm going i'm glad if i ended on that story because i did want to kind of acknowledge and put myself in that house in Cheshire with those men just meeting to be themselves and to get that sense of queer joy even just for that those fleeting kind of couple of hours for themselves i think it's important to recognize yes our rich queer history but also to give a moment for the probably millions of queer individuals mm. that have been executed and murdered and killed over the years like yeah. it's it's just yeah You'd just love to like read down a list of names, but it would probably take forever.
0: I don't think we'd ever end it, would we? By the time we got to this century, we'd we'd just be adding on names of what's what's happening around the world. We we've spoken about the utopia that we'd like to have happen, that we think there's gonna be change. And it's it's hard one to say after talking about that. It's a hard one to say that we there will be change. But I think the point about it is it's getting easier to talk about, not easier, but it's getting safer to talk about in a lot more spaces. Mm. And that's the point of it as well, to keep talking about it, to keep understanding how it's come about. And hopefully the amazing thing could be like if one person listened to this and they were homophobic and they went, actually, hold on, this actually doesn't make sense at all. Like if it's existed since all time and this was like a political will, religious will that's based on interpretations that i was never said in the first place. Surely there's something wrong there. Do I have to examine yeah. my my inherited uh, beliefs that have just been handed down to me?
1: Disclaimer, people, if you are listening, our society, our lives, our constructs, they're social narratives. <laughs> so question everything.
0: Everything. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Okay, I really enjoyed that, it's hard I, I as you're saying the anger comes up I, I can feel the anxiety of it but I think it for me, me I'm going to go yeah. back to my faith mm. and that is in people and I believe good will out good will win and we keep having keep looking for the helpers keep looking for the good that when the bad stuff happens we can't stop it but there are people that are going in that are fighting for change, there are people that are actively going no i i'm any way i can spread joy in this world i'm going to do it and and that's what keeps me going i do know the bad stuff is happening but i choose not to look at that solely
1: okay so would it be fair to say framing this as we come to the end that you are taking Mm -hmm. you're holding on to your faith in people your faith in Mm -hmm. humanity and that's amazing and then I'm coming away with the fire, that impassionedness and holding on to that as well. So I think between those two superpowers yeah. that we kind of have, I think, yeah, we can hopefully do our part in the queer world.
0: Yeah. Thank you, folks.
1: Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. I'm going to take 20 minutes to kind of decompress. Yeah. Um, but thank you so Mind much. Mind yourselves, if
0: anything came up today and it's upsetting, we know today is going to be a hard one. and it's okay if you switched off and you haven't got this far. But if you have got this far, check in with yourselves. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Go for a walk if you need to. Chat to that friend and go. Yeah, that's really stirred some stuff up for me. And exactly. um, don't just let it fester if it's if yeah. it's touched touched you today.
1: And we always have support links in the show notes, so there's always kind of support links there for counselling and LGBT networks and stuff like that. So do reach out to them. And but thank you for being here. This is our little queer network and thanks for staying with us and hopefully listening to us and being on this journey with us yeah Yeah.
0: thanks folks we'll talk to you soon
1: bye